We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Welcome into a Thursday edition along with Bob Fesco. I'm Josh Klingler, Brian Williams, B-Dub, producing. The Houston Texans are playing coy. Did you see that? Colt McCoy's playing no, for the not, Houston Texans? Not quite, oh, wow. Not quite. I think he's with the Cardinals. But. Isn't that where you know um, your season sunk when Colt McCoy's taking the no, field? No, when you're not revealing who your quarterback uh, is. Oh, they don't know who their like quarterback's going to be down Like there, it's huh? college. Like you've got somebody to go with? Like it's college and you're holding that That's starting right. quarterback back so you know that. Baylor doesn't know who you're going to start. Right. So they don't know who their quarterback's going to be, right? Is essentially yeah. what we're getting to. They yeah. have no idea who's going to be under center. Who are the options that the Houston they'll Texans you, can have besides Davis Mills? They'll keep you, keep you guessing. So. Wow. What a mess that is down there. I mean, you, you know, you think about some of the messes that we've been in, and we arguably had the worst, you know, uh, uh, season in the history of the NFL with 2012 and the way that all went down. But I mean, at least we got out of that malaise, right? That 2012 season happened. Andy Reid came in and immediately we were 11 and five winning, you know, games and going to the postseason and then turning into a Super Bowl champion and perennially the best team in the NFL. I, I think when you look at the Houston Texans, you look at a team that is void of talent right now, but also void of the, of, of the right leader. I, I just don't think that Lovey Smith is the right leader for that team. But what are you going to do? Fire another coach? I mean, you're still paying David Cully for another two years, Josh. That guy walked away with $17 million or whatever it was from the Houston Texans. You're going to pay this guy now to walk away as well and find yourself a third coach in three years? I mean, uh, probably, yeah. eventually yeah. you've got to find some sort of stability. But if you don't have the right guy, you got to continue to move on. The question is, who's hiring these guys that continue to make the wrong decisions down there uh, in Houston? Who's that guy? And that guy's probably the one that needs to go. So you're looking at Davis Mills. Jeff Driscoll or Kyle Allen. That's as potentially your starters Keep guessing down there in Houston. Do any of those names scare you whatsoever? No, no, no. no, no. I mean, there's the mystery of it all, but do they right. scare me? No, no, not at all. Kyle Allen had like a cup of coffee at one point, did something, won a game somewhere, some day, some shape or Davis form. Davis Mills think, wasn't right? bad last year at yeah, times. He was you know? okay last year, but you know, that's just a, that's just a bad football team right now. And got a lot of guys that I are banged up. Driscoll comes up in the practice squad this week. So you're like, okay, well maybe they're planning on using him somehow. Well, maybe, so. maybe so. I thought yeah. maybe he did something nice out in San Francisco for a hot minute out there. So they, that, that is a mess out there. But again, it's it's one of these games where you just can't go in there in a malaise and think you're just going to roll over everybody because that's the time you lose these stupid type of games. And they played the Dallas Cowboys very, very tough, you know, last week. I'm not, I'm not cautioning anything here and I'm not getting all worked up. And this is probably Don't the play most... to anybody's level, though. No, I think no, it's, it's exactly. valid in right, the NFL. Yeah, right, because you, you can't. You just can't do that. When you play to somebody's level, you end up losing those games. And, and the the Chiefs are, I, this is a good thing, but it's also like a, a kind of a, a, a tiresome thing, I would imagine, as well, where you get everybody's best every single week. There is no off week, if you will, for the Chiefs. It's not like you're going in and the Denver Broncos are going to lay down for you or the Texans are going to lay down for you. They see this as an opportunity. And for a lot of these guys that are not only just fighting for roster spots down in Houston, but potentially fighting for roster spots somewhere else in the National Football League, 
coming into the next season, they may go out there and they may play their tails off. Who knows what's going to happen? You just don't let them hang around. And that's why, you know, we've kind of talked all this week about Andy developing that kind of that kill shot, you know, going for it, destroying the opposition. This is one of those games where if you get up early, you have to go in and destroy the opposition. Don't let them hang around. Don't give them any life. Because as we saw in Denver last week, even when you give a sleeping dog life, they're going to go out there and they're going to take advantage of it. So the Chiefs have to go out, get get ahead early, and then step on the throats of the Houston Texans. I, I just think that they're playing nice little coy games right now. One, you got the quarterback, and two, they had like 10 guys that didn't practice yesterday. I know, yeah, their, their, their injury report was a mile long. I think yeah. they're just, they're just kind of sitting on this one, including... I know, stop me if you've heard this before. Um, did you see who got hurt in the last game that I, I'm crying conspiracy? For which team? The Houston, Houston Texans? Texans? I don't know who. Steven Nelson. Oh, Steven Nelson. Yeah. He's still playing suddenly, football in the NFL. Suddenly, he had an injury, and oh. I thought, hmm. Hmm. Yeah. I don't want to face the Chiefs again, huh? Uh-huh. He's one of those guys who's done more talking about his career than actually playing. I just remember for his when career. he left the Chiefs and he put all of his stuff on eBay or something. Yes. Yeah. And was was trying to sell his cleats and stuff. That's right. And and, and he, and he like really, really had angrily. Yeah, really had his, like a sense of self-worth that nobody else really seemed to have here in Kansas City. And you mentioned his name. I had no idea until this moment in time, number one, that he was still in the NFL. Number two, that he was with Houston. Yeah, he's going to avoid the Chiefs this week. And, and number three, that you know he was still somebody that we were concerned with or not yeah. concerned with, but talking about. I yeah. had no idea. If you would have told me. I mean, me, I might be the only one. I'm not even concerned about it, but yeah. I just. You that saw guy, the name. It popped out. That guy out. ticked me off when he left. Oh, it t- you know? really ticked me off, too. Yeah, really ticked me off because he thought he was something special, and he was a very average defensive back. Uh, he was the one that got away in his mind. In his mind, yes. yes. And maybe a couple of bloggers' yeah. minds as well. But i that's a guy, quite honestly, Josh, we hold on a lot to sports figures, no matter where you live, where you grew up, what teams you root for. You see your guys go someplace else. You hold on. You look and see what they're doing. I had completely forgotten about that guy. That was like eternal sunshine of the spotless mind. Steven Nelson was erased from my memory until you just brought him up. <laughs> yeah, it was like I got a notification. I was during pregame or something last week, and it said, you know, uh, Steven Nelson has left the game, you know, questionable with an ankle injury. I'm like, he's ducking the Chiefs. Ducking the Chiefs. Next yeah, week. Absolutely ducking <laughs> He's bowing the Chiefs, out of the game yeah. before, so he's got an excuse to not play against the Chiefs. Yep. So here he is on the injury report. But, yeah, they had, they had a 10 10- they had 10 players not practice yesterday. Like, it, well, it, 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 it's also that point in the season, too, though. If you're a team like Houston and you're out of this thing, you're more focused on where that you know rental property is in Cabo for the couple of weeks in January that you're going to have at the end of the season, where you're going to get your golf tee time at and where you're going to be playing next year. Then you really are concerned for the last four games of the season. I mean, it, it must be difficult to be in that situation as a head coach and as an organization, knowing that, you know, coaches are looking for other jobs. Players are concerned about where they're going to be. And you still have four games to go in the season. I just don't know how you kind of keep that thing together. How and you ready be for the rest Roger of the year. Dorn? Oh yeah. For the absolutely. Remainder of the season. Yeah, there's no question. That's I'm going to show just enough, but I'm not going to take a, ground ball to the face right exactly i'm not gonna go and hit that guy i try to run him out of bounds and if yeah. i can't i'm not gonna risk injury and, and because at this time of the season as well if you get one of those acl injuries like we saw with kyler murray or you get an achilles injury or something like that that's gonna cost you next season as well and if you're a free agent after this season there really is no incentive for you to go out there in these final four games. So you've got the end of the season. You're a bad team. You're not going anywhere. You're planning vacation. You got the holidays. People are starting to come into town. There's a lot of distractions going on. And if you're a team in the NFL that's already been eliminated like Houston is, you think to yourself, other than pride, and and does pride outweigh keeping yourself protected so you can hit the free agent market and make some money? Other than that, there's really not a whole heck of a lot that Houston's playing for. But if you allow them to stay in the game, make them feel like they've got something to accomplish by the time the 60 minutes goes away, well, then they're going to give you a game. And that's just not something we want. I want one of these games where we see our backup quarterback, Henny, playing in that game and taking snaps in the second half, just like we thought we were going to see in Denver last week. We're in the mode of it's a noon game. Let's make it a noon game. That's exactly right. Yeah, yeah. Right. Yep. Absolutely. And that does not include the exciting finish from three to three ten. No, not at all. Okay. No, no. All be right. out of that window. <laughs> be, be over by three oh two and have yeah. them going to other games on yeah. Channel Five yeah. at two fifty nine yeah. or Let something. Let the other like ones that, be exciting. Right? Yeah. You know, up until you know three fifteen kickoffs or whatever. Right. But, right. Right. Uh, we were discussing a little uh, Juju Smith Schuster yesterday here on the show and how um, he has become the the next or maybe the first 
however you want to describe it. I, 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 I never worried about who was the number one wide receiver. I said, Travis Kelsey's the number one pass catcher and mm-hmm. how you fall in line behind him is how you fall in line behind him. But Juju Smith Schuster looks like he's the, uh, the, the next in terms of the, uh, the trust level and the get open level. And Andy Reid says he's filled his role just uh, terrifically. We were hoping that he could kind of counter Kels and, um, this offense is best when you can kind of do that. Uh, and we had Sammy and then, uh, Pringle developed into that as, as we went. Pringle. Um, and that's, that's when it rolls the best. And so he's come in and, and done that and does a nice job with it. So, um, he's got a great feel for the game. He's got great feel in space. And then he's, he's really tough to bring down. I, you know, I kind of, Forgot about that part. <laughs> After he gets that ball in his hands, man, you try to hit him in his lower body, you, you can shock it off like a running back, you know, and that's special to have that. Hello, we're looking for a counter Kells. Mm-hmm. So we went out there shopping for a counter Kells. And we came back with Charlie Weiss. No, no Juju oh, Smith-Schuster. Schuster, Turned out much yeah. better. Turned out really good. And it, and it's great when a plan kind of, you know, actually comes together and works because a lot of times in sports, a lot of times in life, the best laid plans don't actually happen. They just are great plans. And this was kind of their plan because going into this season, I think more people than should have been questioning, you know, what this offense was going to be about, who was going to be the compliment to Travis Kelsey and how all this thing was going to get worked out. We, we, we wanted answers in March and, and I don't think it's, a, you know, I don't think you can get answers to this question in March. Here it is December 15th. And we're now just starting to see this whole plan come together where Juju Smith Schuster over the last two weeks, especially in my opinion, has really emerged to be one of these guys that Patrick Mahomes can, can, can truly, you know, count on. And he, has been very, very good since he got here, but is getting better and better and better. And as we sit here now, again, on December 15th, Juju Smith-Schuster is getting better, starting to fit in, starting to make plays, starting to become that difference maker. That's great as we roll into the postseason. It also tells you what kind of quarterback Patrick Mahomes is and what kind of head coach Andy Reid is as well. Because when you look at the quarterback position, when you've got money invested like we do in Patrick Mahomes, you're not going to be able to pay everybody else. The quarterback is eventually going to have to make guys around him better. And I think Patrick Mahomes has done that. He's made Juju Smith-Schuster really good this year. I think, obviously, he's taken Travis Kelsey to a new level. And he thinks he took Byron Pringle, probably. Clearly, clearly Byron Pringle. I don't know how that name got worked in there, but it did. Uh, Took him to a new level. I think he's he's elevating Sky Moore. He's elevating McCall Hardman. I think he's doing exactly what you want him to do, much like Brady did in New England. There were so many years where you looked at Brady's weapons, you're like, I don't know who these people are. And then Tom Brady turned them into stars. I think that's what we're seeing with Patrick Mahomes. And quite honestly, that's what we need to see with Patrick Mahomes. Because as long as he's up there making $50 million a year, you're probably not going to be able to pay everybody else commensurate with what they're deserving. And Patrick Mahomes is going to have to elevate games of those around him. And he does that. Some quarterbacks like Tua are elevated by guys like Tyreek Hill. Patrick Mahomes is that guy who elevates everybody else around him. And it's all now starting to come together with Juju Smith-Schuster being that second reliable option that I think they wanted him to be when they went out there and got him in the offseason. The uh, new Royals pitcher, you, you might not know, but he arrives from a place they are aiming to be. We'll discuss next. Fesco in the morning, brought to you by Santa Fe Auto Sound, Kansas City's home for car audio since 1967. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. 
Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Yeah. Hell yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So it might have flown under the radar, or it did. Uh, but the Royals signed a pitcher. Ryan Yarbrough to a one-year deal. Never heard of him. <laughs> yeah, either one. Either one works, either one. yeah. Four and a half ERA can start or relieve. Mm-hmm. No whoop. Like, that's that's the market you're in, okay? That's the market you're in. But he does hail from Tampa, which, of course, has been a we want to be like Tampa. Mm-hmm. Or Cleveland, right, right, right. Those are the those are the those are the teams we're trying to be like, more like. Right? Sure. John Sherman hails from Cleveland beforehand. Mm-hmm. They've had success doing it, maybe uh, a little bit different way than some of the the big boys. Tampa obviously has has had success in that division, despite being not one of the big boys in that division. So there's a little like, hey, can we emulate some of the things that they're doing? Hey, so, they, they seemingly make the playoffs every year, and they found themselves in the World Series and probably would have won a World Series had they not been beholden to some stupid statistical analysis and just let Blake Snell pitch. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. pretty yeah, simple, yeah, yeah. right? Yeah, they did run into their own their own yeah. doing at the end. So Yarbrough speaks yesterday, and... Maybe you just have to kind of, okay, what are we trying to get to? Maybe he's got some some inside knowledge or what have you. Uh, what makes Tampa work? I feel like the biggest thing that, that stood out, and I'm, from talking with Q, we're kind of, he felt like he got those same, um, those same vibes, if you will, from since this little time he spent over here was, I feel like was the culture, just really letting guys be, be themselves. Um, especially with the younger team with Tampa, like you just have a lot of young guys. You don't want them to, to feel nervous or anything. So letting guys be themselves, do whatever they need to do. And there's not one certain set way of doing things. So as long as you're going to go out there and perform on the field, uh, whatever you do um, off the field uh, to get your body ready, uh, they're, they were cool with. And I know that was the thing with culture and a lot of the, the guys you have in the locker room. I know talking with Q and talking with JJ, that there was a lot of those great guys here. Um, the few like I said, I've talked to have been great. So, Looking forward to meeting those guys. But I feel like that was the biggest thing was just culture coming to the ballpark, knowing that you're going to go out there and try to win every game and you're going to be competitive and that confidence you are most likely going to win that game is going to be huge. And just really trying to simplify things on the field, not trying to to overdo things and make things too complicated because uh, there's a lot of things that go on in this game. And the more you can simplify it, the better. Well, and I think there's a couple of things that he said there that we, we need to really look at because that, that one hit me yesterday when, when Vern sent us the, uh, the audio of, uh, of Mr. Yarborough talking about coming to Kansas city. And, and one of the things he talked about was some of the young guys feeling nervous out there. And I know for a fact, like these young guys last year with Mike Matheny inside that clubhouse, it's not a good situation. They were, they, they, yeah. were they were, they were puckered up, man. And I, I remember, and, and when I've shared the story about, you know, people saying that he, he wants to win too much. And I'm thinking to myself, well, that's a good thing, isn't it? But when you approach it like that, where everything that you do is overanalyzed, scrutinized, and you're held to this, like th- th- this level, like you can't go out there and just play because you're afraid you're going to make a mistake right and no matter what it is that you do in life if you're afraid to make a mistake well that's not a good situation in which to be and I think with Mike Matheny as the manager that's the way those guys felt inside that locker room and so you have that nervous feeling like you're in in that batter's box and you're gripping that bat so tight you're not giving yourself an opportunity because you are trying so hard to do everything right so you don't have to hear about it later on. And so I think now that you have a new voice inside that locker room, uh, you're going to have a lot more relaxed uh, player uh 
personalities that are going to be able to show. And I think that is important. I think you have to be relaxed when you play a sport. You can't be too tight. And the other thing that that he touched on there, and it seemingly was a throwaway comment, but it wasn't for me because the, the more I hear after, you know, Dayton and, and, you know, Matheny and Cal and all these guys have departed this organization is that there, there was a set way that they were going to do things with the pitching and there wasn't a lot of leeway. Remember, we heard stories about the long toss and guys wanting to have their own pitching coaches. And, mm-hmm. and it was kind of a, you know, you're going to do it this way mentality. You can't do that in life and you can't do that in sports. There are many ways to skin a duck, right? And so when you're looking at a way to talk to a pitcher, you've got to be able to communicate to that pitcher in a language that he understands, whether that's analytics, whether that's, you know, old school mentality, whatever it is, it's your job as a coach in an organization to get the most out of that player. And if player A requires treatment B and player B requires treatment C, you got to be able to do that. And I don't necessarily think the Royals were on board with that previously. And I think with this new regime, they are open to doing things differently and doing things differently with each player because you're a different person, Josh, than I am. You need to be managed differently than I do. You need direction differently than I do. Why should you and I be managed the same way when we're not the same person and we don't crave the same information? And so now I think, with or your new, arm angle's different, or you throw it differently, yeah, or your shoulder doesn't. There's all kinds of different stuff, like right? Somebody else's, you know, everybody pitches differently, right? So absolutely, there's no, there's no one way to go about it. There's right. probably some best, best practices or what have you right. to to getting on the road to success. But but look, every every way somebody throws just just for a small thing is, is absolutely different. Absolutely. And, and some guys are black and white. Some guys are gray area guys. Some guys need numbers. Some guys don't. Some guys just say, give me the ball. and I'm going to just go out there and throw it. Tell me where to stand on the mound. And we'll call it a day. So everybody is different. And it seems like now the Royals have moved more towards that side with catering to their players. Instead of trying to fit a square peg into a round hole, they've got all of these players that are going, where do you want to go? Which direction is best for you? And we'll work to give you the information that you need to help you in the way that you need to be helped in order for you to achieve success. And then when you achieve success, we achieve success. And I don't necessarily think it was that way previously inside that locker room. Uh, Yarbrough also knows the, uh, the new skipper better than we all do. He, Describes a little bit of now manager Q. He's he's great, honestly. I think I've, I've had him every year in the big leagues. So, um, just his presence. He's got that really calming presence. He's really intelligent. Really knows what he's doing. Really personable with the guys. Can really relate to people. Um, and I think that's really what you look for. And no one who's gonna uh, you're gonna look over into the dugout. And nothing's gonna affect him. Or not. He's gonna not gonna ride the wave per se. He's gonna be really consistent with who he is as a person. Um, and I think he's going to do great. Honestly, we were we're just really we were really excited for him to to finally get an opportunity. I know he's been um, kind of a name who's been thrown around the last couple of years. So for him to finally get that opportunity, I think everyone is really excited for him. Um, and then obviously bringing over Paul Hoover as well is going to be big for them too because he I think he did a great job in Tampa as well. Okay, there we go. I like hooves. There's a there's an endorsement. Yeah, you know they call Hoover the vacuum, right? Mm-hmm. What? Was this in the news? He's not Hooves, though, right? No, I don't know. Okay. Uh, meanwhile, this Aaron Judge story, ESPN wrote a little behind the scenes on how they, I guess, got the deal done. Don't you love those stories? They are fun. Right? They're cool to read. They're, they are fun because basically... Aaron Judge went and did his little visits and then placed one more phone call. The manager of the Yankees told him, hey, call Hal Steinbrenner. Just call just call him. Mm-hmm. Hal Steinbrenner's like overseas. He was in Italy. He's yeah. in, on vacation. Just call him one more time. Basically, circle back. Give him one more chance to talk to you. And he calls him up. And Hal Steinbrenner says, you know, we've done all this negotiations. Do you want to be a Yankee? Pretty simple question. Do you want to be a Yankee? And he said, yes. And he offered him How'd 40. How would you like to manage the Indians? He offered him $40 more million, and they closed the deal. <laughs> and it was done. <laughs> General manager wasn't involved. Uh, agent wasn't involved. It's amazing when you take care of your people what happens, right? They said like that. they had their top offer. It was like 320 or whatever, right? 
360. Do you want to be a Yankee? Yes. All yes. right. Here's an extra 40. We're done. We're good. We're done. We're done. 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 3.30 in the morning, California time, I think it was. Brian Cashman wakes up to a text from Hal Steinbrenner. Deal's done. Yeah. That's ownership, man. Then that's pretty spectacular. Judge goes on vacation. Yeah, he's gone. See you later. I'm out. <laughs> Where the the owner of the Yankees <laughs> is already on vacation. Judge then goes on vacation. Right. Deal done. Right. And I, I'm reading this article yesterday. I'm like, this is really cool. I like the, I like the behind the scenes stories of how these things went down. But I also want the Royals to be part of these stories. Like, don't you want to see a behind the scenes story like that? Like, take Aaron Judge's name out of there and put Bobby Witt Jr. in there instead of Aaron Judge. But quite frankly, as long as we're playing at Kauffman Stadium, we're never going to be allowed to be part of these stories because we're never going to have the money to compete in Major League Baseball with the current stadium that we are in right now. I would love for John Sherman one day to call Bobby Wood Jr. and say at the last minute, do you want to be a Royal? And Bobby Wood Jr. says yes. And then John Sherman says, well, I can't offer you any more money. <laughs> this is what it is. I, I th- Those are the type of situations that happen here. I mean, I'm, I'm asking you. Do you really want to be a royal? Do you want to be a royal (laughs) or not? Yeah, I do. Okay, well, we can offer you that. Well, then I really don't want to be a royal. You know, I want to be where the money is going to take care of me and my family for generations to come. But Bobby Witt Jr. is our superstar, but he's going to want to get paid. I mean, they're they're already having conversations, I'm sure, with Bobby Witt Jr.'s people about what's it going to take to keep him here. But at the same time, the Royals are looking around going, what can we do? What do we need to do to keep Bobby Witt Jr. here in Kansas City? And that's find a way to generate more money. Kauffman Stadium is outdated in today's baseball. And I almost look at it like a casino perspective. We've all been in the casino before, and you see that area with the high rollers, like the $100,000 limits or whatever they've got over there in the corner. You're always going to have those tables roped off, and there's only going to be certain people that get to play in those tables right now. And right now, that's the Yankees and the Dodgers and the Padres and all of that. And everybody else is standing outside the ropes like the Royals and the Reds watching all the rich people do their thing and, and, and play their games. The only way the Royals can get inside those ropes is to generate more revenue to have to spend on the big name players or just to keep their own players at home instead of having to leave to go other places to make money. And the way you generate more money in a market like Kansas City, you develop the new ballpark. You develop the new ballpark district. You develop more streams of revenue. Because if baseball continues to stay the way that it is right now, Josh, where it's Major League Baseball, but there's 29, 30 different companies operating under different rules all over the country, you got to find a way to generate the most revenue for your company. And if you can't, then you're going to lose talent. That's just the way it is. It's in in any career, whether you're a salesperson or a baseball player. If you're a salesperson and you're being recruited by two companies and company A is giving you benefits and perks and great commission and they're taking care of you and they give you the last two weeks of the year off and company B is going, hey, here's a a free burrito at Chipotle and that's the benefit package we can offer. Well, where are you going to go? You're going to go to company A. And right now, the Royals are that company B that can offer Bobby Witt Jr., you know, a plate of barbecue and, and uh, a pat on the back. But if you build the new ballpark, you build the new revenue streams, you, you got generate more revenue, you got a hell of a better chance than what you have right now in keeping Bobby Witt. And that's why the new ballpark is so important and the ballpark district is so important because I don't want to be sitting here in five years just saying, see you later to Bobby Witt or whoever the next Bobby Witt Jr. is after that. I want to start being able to keep our superstars in Kansas City in perpetuity like the Yankees did with Aaron Judge. Maybe... Just maybe we're about to see the best Chiefs offense yet. We'll get to that next. Fesco in the morning. (laughs) Brought to you by Santa Fe Auto Sound. Your home for car audio since 1967. On 610 Sports Radio and the Odyssey app. Anniversary today, correct? That is correct, sir. 30 years. The Chronic was released by Dr. Dre in December 15, 1992. A Christmas album. It was. And it's still banging today.
Is this the diehard debate now whether this, or not it's a Christmas movie? It's a Christmas right? album. It's a Christmas album, Clearly. right? Yeah. Well, you, if you're putting something out at this time of year, you're expecting it to be a hit for the holidays, correct. right? That or just correct. get it in under the wire for the Oscars. Well, that that is true. Yeah, but but 30 years ago, if you got it out at this time, everybody flooded Sam Goody and bought the record, true. right? That's true. And, and purchased that, tape, right? Album and CD. It was everybody on all three. Of all those. three. Yeah, 30 years ago, probably was on something all well, all three of them. I remember so. going to Music Land. I bought two cassette tapes and a CD. Oh wow! Of, of the same album. Yeah. What'd you do with the, all all the extras? Sell, that you had? Sell to somebody else? No, no. Because in case you played it too much, too much and that and tape it broke. broke. You had yeah, the the that's backup. Right. You had the backup ready to go. That's right. And for Things... all the smart people that kept their iTunes and had this album downloaded because it's not available on Apple Play anymore. Oh, it's not. Not when uh, Snoop bought Death Row Records. Right. So he has pulled Doggy Style and the Chronic off of streaming platforms because he's repackaging everything. So unless you have iTunes and you downloaded the original CD, you don't get it anymore. You don't have it right. So, so is this one of the on- ones that burned the, the the first time you did the iTunes? Take all of your CDs and yes. burn them into your computer. Yes. This yeah, was this right. was in your in this your is, list. This is well, definitely in the list. So is this is is this album available on Spotify or any other no. down? So nothing, nothing at all. It wow. is off all streaming platforms. All right. But Sam Goody can still get it. Absolutely. Okay. Does that really make sense? I mean, I know Snoop Dogg's a brilliant business guy, and, and he's fantastic at everything that he does. But, I mean, does that really make sense with this day and age that we're in? Like, don't you want to offer the streaming to the people so they can get the songs? You would think so, but I think him and Dre have something cooked up. They've been in the lab doing a, a little uh, collaborating again. So, Because Dr. Dre actually owns the masters to this. He took this from Death Row Records when mm-hmm. he left. Uh, so he actually owns the chronic. So him and Snoop got something brewing, I believe. Yeah, All right. they'll, we'll sell it, they'll sell it back to you another way. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Oh, yeah, you'll be able to get it somehow, some way. Yeah. So when you had the cassette or the CD, um, did you have CD in the car at that point in time, or the cassette? Did the cassette mm-hmm. have to go in that that terrible uh, car cassette? The adapter with the, the wire, the, the wire through yeah. to the Walkman. Yeah, oh. that's how you had to do it. Oh, okay. Yeah. I had the that's 10 disc changer the in my trunk, you know, back then. So. Oh, oh, oh the 10 disc. Yeah, the 10 disc changer, man. That was big. Yeah, that was huge. huge. Yeah, oh, God, yeah. I don't think I ever got that till. Wow. Yep. There's a chance. There's a chance. Nobody else had an 82 Buick Century with a 10 disc CD changer. No, no, no one even thought there would be a 10 disc changer. In my in the, I mean, that thing didn't even thing. have a tape deck in it. Mm. Uh, rolling in my eight deuce. There's a chance the, uh, the we haven't seen the best Chiefs offense yet, don't you think? Yeah, probably. I would imagine. Yeah. Had the ideal, like, perfect scenario offense hasn't been put together this year. We haven't had a. I think a uh, well, we've had a bunch of injuries, right, mm-hmm. along mm-hmm. the offense. You had uh, you had Juju kind of in and out for a little bit. You've had now McCole Hardman out. Mm-hmm. Um, a huge, I would say, in rhythm group of wide receivers. You maybe haven't had yet. You probably played more three tight end sets than you thought you were going to this year, based on availability of players. Now the Chiefs have done a masterful job of just saying who's available, how are we going to use them. Let's do this. I don't know that there's a team better in the NFL at at just putting guys in and still winning and not missing a beat like the Chiefs are. It really is remarkable. I think they and probably Cincinnati this year have done the best job. Yeah, of the that. Bengals have done a really the Bengals nice done a really job. good yeah. job of that. Right. Um, we saw their again their second string running back. Yep. Pretty damn good. Um, could get Ch back at some point in time. Obviously, they had bigger plans for him than. They've used him for so far, right? Mm-hmm. Right. I think they wanted to probably get a full look at CH this year. Yeah. Right. Make a full evaluation on him. Haven't quite been able to do that. You get those parts back. I they call him Blake, CEM. Clyde they Edwards had, Mondesi. They haven't had Blake Bell either. No, not at all. I get some belldozer yeah. plays, right? I like that. Like especially like a snap under center. And the, and the good part is you've had kind of I think a little emergence of of Noah Gray mm-hmm. in his absence, but. Which I think it was important because when they drafted Noah Gray, I think the long-term vision would be he was going to be the one that was going to you know kind of be there and replace Travis Kelsey once he aged out of the NFL. Well, Travis Kelsey isn't aging out of the NFL. Noah Gray hasn't really hit the ground running, but the last couple of weeks, I feel like he's been playing some really good football, yeah, making some had, nice plays. He's right? had a nice little yeah. nice little season. They've they've found him a little bit more in in the offense, yep. but they got a chance here during the kind of the the, the stretch drive here and heading to the postseason. To find some new bodies, some fresh bodies, mm-hmm. some reinforcements. 
we may see a fully loaded Chiefs offense by the time the postseason rolls around. And, and that's why you can't get caught up in games in November and December and October and September about the injuries. If guys are ready to go when the playoffs get here, I hate to say it, but it's like, you know, you made an in-season trade. You get McCall Hardman back, and he's been brilliant this year on jet sweeps. I really like the role that McCall Hardman has kind of taken over here in Kansas City, and hopefully when he gets back, hopefully it's this week, or maybe you save him because it's Houston and and you bring him back next week. But I hope when he gets back, we see that same type of McCall Hardman that was on the field before he suffered that injury. We get those jet sweeps because I thought when he was running those before he got hurt, they were pretty dynamic plays, man. They were working like every single time. And I still think with with, with CEM, Clyde Edwards-Mondesi, I, I still think he's a guy that you want to have back and healthy and ready to go because you're going to need everybody in January, right? You're going to need a full arsenal of weapons out there and he's really good in the red zone. He's still your best red zone running back. As as hard as Isaiah Pacheco runs, Clyde still has a nose for the end zone. He still finds a way to get in and was you know scoring touchdowns at a pretty good clip before he went down. It's never been about ability for me with him. It's always been about availability, and there hasn't been much in either or any of the seasons now. This is the third season. There hasn't been a full season of availability yet for him. But if he can get healthy and get back before the playoffs and get back and, and is healthy during the playoffs, he's another weapon that you have as well. And now all of a sudden you get Hardman back, you get CEH back, you've got Travis Kelsey, Juju Smith-Schuster's we talked about, has ascended to a different level. I think Sky Moore is really good in this offense right now. Pacheco runs hard. McKin- I just named eight guys and didn't name MVS or Justin Watson or Blake Bell or Noah Gray. I mean, like, this team, once the playoffs get here, has the opportunity to be loaded from an offensive standpoint from when you talk about their weapons. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. It's like a, it's like a trade deadline acquisition. It is, yep. Except for they're in-house, mm-hmm. and they know the system already, and you're not having to fit them into anything. Right, you're not fitting anybody into anything. You got a I chance. Didn't even mention Kadarius Tony. I don't, I don't know right. if he's going to be around, but that's another weapon. Maybe if you get him back potentially. Yeah, maybe. Um, kind of, kind of sounds like it. Uh, Andy Reid on easing Hardman back into the mix. All right. Um, really, don't have any injuries to talk about. Cole Hardman will be uh, back out at practice. We'll just see how he. He does uh, in this ramp-up process. So, uh, haven't determined, you know, play or not play. We're just gonna uh, ease him back in and see where he's at. So they play a little wait and see. He was on the field uh, this week. He traveled with the team to the uh, to the game last week. I'm like, mm-hmm. okay, that's a good sign. He's around, um, and now he's on the field, and you're probably gonna get him back probably sooner rather than later. Yep, that's a big, that's big, big plus for this team. Um, meanwhile. I, this Marcus Mariota case continues to be kind of baffling. We were discussing it yesterday, how he essentially kind of quit. He got demoted mm-hmm. to the, to the backup quarterback. Desmond Ritter, the rookie was going to be uh, starting. And then, then suddenly the reports were Marcus Mariota was not around. He left the team. Yeah. Quit. He took his ball and went home. Literally. And now suddenly he's having knee surgery. Mm -hmm. I still smell conspiracy. Do you not? Of course I do. Not knee injury that led him to leave, but benching led him to, well, I'll just get my knee fixed now. Right. Make you pay for it. (laughs) Right. And be ready to go for somebody else next next season. Yeah. What a D. Yeah, that's not a guy that I'm I'm taking on my team, and I think he's going to have a hard time finding a job in the NFL. I mean, at least I hope he has a hard time finding a job in the NFL. I don't want somebody on my team who quit on another team, let alone a person at the quarterback position who went who quit and walked out on another team. Like that's just not what you want when it comes to leadership in this league. That's just not what you want when it comes to just having a human being on your team. You don't want somebody that's a quitter. And there's enough things to deal with in the NFL, 53 different players, 53 different personalities, 53 different lives. The last thing you need is somebody that's going, you know, kind of against the grain and you bring him in and he's a known quitter. Like this is a guy that I believe 
probably has seen his last days as an NFL player because I just don't know, unless you're the Houston Texans or some, you know, rum-dum franchise like that, how you can justify bringing in a guy like Marcus Mariota because as soon as he walks in, everybody's going to know that's a guy who quit on his team, right? That's a guy who quit on his team last year. Is he going to be there when we need him? Is he going to be there fighting with us at the end, even if it is a bad season? Oh, he quit. He left. He took his ball and went home. Yeah, I don't want that guy around. He's a bad seed, man, and you can't have bad seeds on your team when you're trying to win in the NFL. It's just impossible. Yeah, I just found it found it very coincidental. Oh, my knee, my my knee, it's broken. Right, and then didn't he say he was going like his wife was going to give a birth, and then there was a knee injury, and like there was all kinds of crazy things that he listed as all these excuses. Now he got Fact benched. of the matter is his feelings were hurt. Yes, right. Yes. His feelings were hurt. His ego was crushed. And he got benched. And instead of handling it like a like a human being and, and like a man, he handled it like a child and decided that he was going to walk away and cry about it. Well, I don't have any use for you, pal. Nope. Take a hike. No, nope. I think uh, he could. He's he's now squandered the great opportunity that is. Yeah, uh, sticking around and being a backup NFL quarterback. There's for nothing a bunch better, man. That's like the dream job. People would say punter, or long snapper. No, the dream job in sports, unless you're like a left-handed specialist out of the bullpen making twelve million a year. That's a pretty good gig. Yeah, it is, but the but the dream job is a backup quarterback until you have to play. And if you're just a good human being that has a, a, you know, the ability to throw the ball 20 yards or hand it off and take a snap, you can have a long career. The ability to throw it 20 yards. Well, I mean, whatever it is, right? Like you, you can live as a backup quarterback as long as you're a good teammate, right? That's essentially what the backup quarterback is. He's a cheerleader for the quarterback. You've got to be a good teammate. That's rule number one of being a backup quarterback. If you can be a good teammate, you can survive in this league and make five million dollars a year, stand there scratching your balls, right? You can do that in the NFL. But this guy chose not to. He definitely, definitely screwed himself over easy cheddar for the next five or six years. The uh, toughest ticket in sport isn't what you think it might be. Next. This is Festo in the Morning, brought to you by Santa Fe Auto Sound, your home for car audio since 1967, with friend of the show, Brett Veach. You're listening to Festo in the Morning. I mean, I'm not, but you are. On 610 Sports Radio and the Odyssey app. Interesting story from a sports business journal. You say interesting. I say unbelievable. And maybe I'm overreacting to it, but I think it is an unbelievable story. According to StubHub, here are the top five in demand global sports experiences of 2022 right now. So what would you say would be the number one? Basically toughest ticket, right? Toughest ticket, most in demand ticket, ticket. The people want the most The people, right? The people, the people to the people. With the World Cup going on, I would think that would probably be number one, yeah. right? But yeah. again, it's in Qatar. It's in the holiday season. You it's really had to get there. Really, yeah. really get something done to get there and yeah. get it done. Yeah, so. correct. Yeah. yeah. Like, I think when it comes to Canada, America, and the, and, and Mexico Nuts. in four years, it's going to yeah. be insane. Yeah. Like, my daughter's already talking to me. She goes, oh, no, I, don't care. I don't care who's playing at Arrowhead. We're going yeah. to the game. Are we I'm going like, to the World Cup? I'm yeah. like, well, we'll see. Yeah, that's what like, <laughs> I don't planning know. planning to, I mean, but yeah. You know, hey, hopefully, yeah. Who isn't planning to? Correct. Everybody's planning to, right? We haven't seen the prices yet, so. <laughs> Correct. And that, that's still four years yeah. down the line. But in kid terms, I mean, in kid terms, it's a it's a it's a longer time Correct. than it really Correct. is. But also in kid terms, like, where are our tickets today? Why don't we have the tickets in hand right. for four years from now? Well, they haven't printed them yet. Oh, you want to you want to feel like it's slipping away from you, Bob? Yeah. OK. Like it said, uh, well, if I come back from college, that's right. Will we, will go? we go to the yeah. World Cup? I'm like college. <laughs> well, that is college. true. There'll be sophomores in college, right? <laughs> By the time <laughs> college. Yeah, I don't know that well, you're gonna I... be able to afford World Cup tickets <laughs> yeah. if we're paying for college yeah, exactly. too, right? Exactly. No, I was planning on planning on uh, your mother and I going, and you guys being away at college. Is yeah, what, uh, what I was planning for the World Cup, but uh-huh. whatever. Yeah, you guys will be somewhere, and we'll go to the World Cup. But no, it, it'll yeah. be summertime, right? When it's yeah. here, so yeah. that everybody will be back from Correct. college. And yeah, I'll have kids in high but school that, at that, that hit, point that in hit, time. That one hit kind of hard. That that hit hard, like, oh, yeah, my God, yeah, I'm growing yeah, up fast. Yeah, I hate yeah. to see this happen. Oh, my God, I miss my kids. Yeah, yeah, it's going to be like uh, so anyway, that. Are they going to go to Iowa? demand in-demand in global experiences. Toughest ticket in the, uh, in the world. In the world. In okay. the world, yes. Number one was not the World Cup. Nope. Not the Super Bowl. Not at all. 
the World Series. That is unbelievable to me. That is really, truly unbelievable to me that the number one in-demand ticket for sports in the world was the World Series this year. Isn't that crazy? And then you start to think about, okay, who was in the World Series? I know Houston won. Who? Oh, that's right. They played the Phillies, Phillies right? Yeah. You had to pause for a second and think about that. And... And I guess with Philadelphia being the market that it is, that is a rabid, rabid sports town that doesn't experience a whole heck of a lot of success, right? And so when they have the opportunity to go to the World Series and be in the World Series, my sister lives in Philadelphia, and she was telling me, she goes, this is nuts. I mean, she goes, every street corner, people are selling gear. I mean, everybody wants to go to the games. The whole city's bought in. We saw what it was like here in a city of 2 million, right? How everybody bought into that. Could you imagine a city of 6 million people with everybody buying in three times as much as what we had here so they were all in in philadelphia on that and i'm sure houston as well i mean my goodness you know you got yourself a little dynasty down there don't ever think winning is you know a ho-hum Boring. and you're going to take it for yeah. granted and get bored by it they still went in houston and had great crowds down there so when you take a step back and you start to look at it from that standpoint what is in, in demand those tickets in philadelphia were as in high demand probably as they've ever been for a world series so world series is one world cup was two super bowl third mm-hmm. college uh, football national championship was four Fourth, right. And the NFC championship was fifth. Okay. NFC championship um, game. Now, another portion of that, that I was thinking of was if you, that was going, the Rams 49ers, right? In the NFC yeah, championship game yeah. in LA and all the 49er fans invade LA. Invaded. There you go. That's why Cincinnati has no, fans. I was thinking like world series. Also, you're talking about home field. Sure. And if you want to go to the world series, maybe there are a few people that are like, I just want to go to the world series, but I think most people that's your team. You want to go see them in their ballpark world series. Hell yeah. As opposed to maybe the world cup where you're like, yeah, I'd like to see my team, but you know, I think we're going to go to arrowhead for the 26 one. Right. We're not following America around. Right. And that's the thing. People think the United States is going to you know, be here. They you, may not be. You here. might just be grabbing a venue and doing that. Uh, the super bowl. You might just want to go to the super bowl. Right. Hopefully your team is there, but you want to go to the super bowl experience what that's all right? about. Yeah. Sure. Versus a, like a home field of a world series where like, no, no, you're a Philly fan that wants to go see the Phillies in Philadelphia. Mm-hmm. So that I think that stokes the demand a little bit more. Sure, it does. I, I definitely think it does. Yeah. And, that, and and look, that's why I love baseball. You know, as much as I do. Again, some are sicker than others. It's still my favorite sport. As much messed up as it is, and we talk about it all the time. I still love the sport. There's nothing better than seeing a World Series game in your home ballpark. I mean, for those who got to experience that in 14 and 15, it's a moment you're going to keep for life. You, you talk about it all the time. E- even if you just went to a playoff game during 14 and 15 and saw what that atmosphere was like at the ballpark, there's really nothing better, man. It's it's an electric type of atmosphere where you're literally sitting on the edge of your seat on every single pitch. People want to be in the ballpark for that kind of stuff. And so if you get the opportunity to go to a World Series and see your team in the World Series, you want to do it. You want to take advantage of it. And, and and that's why I think at the end of the day, what the NFL does with the Super Bowl, it's great with the neutral site, but having the ability to clinch a championship on your home field, man, I think there's just something special about that. It's cool to see your team with the opportunity to win at their own home stadium in front of their own home fans. Uh, from the, uh, the sports wasted a lot of time department. Uh, they didn't get another one. Oh, another College basketball investigation went. We wasted all this time with the feds and everybody and all the, they got nobody again. Mm-hmm. Arizona, the latest one. Nobody got got couple assistant coaches took the took the uh, took the fall. Right. Head coach Sean Miller, no sanctions. Now he's at Xavier. Right. Did you know he was at Xavier? By I the way? did. Yeah. Did he returned back to Xavier mm-hmm. after being bounced out of Arizona. So the uh, why did they fire him in Arizona? Um, well, because of this. Because of the, yeah, oh, yeah. you mean the, the investigation yeah. that got nothing? The independent accountability resolution process. I, I get, yeah, which Kansas is still in. If they get Kansas, Kansas is the only one they've gotten. And at this point this in time, whole, remember that whole like we're going to crack down or get this and how serious it was has amounted to nothing. Not a damn thing. They right? got a $5,000 fine, which has been the standard. Mm-hmm. Um, two assistant coaches were hit with what are called show cause penalties. They'll have a hard time getting a job. Yeah, they will. Yeah. Um, 
And then, the, like, the swimming got slapped it there, too, because mm-hmm. swimming apparently had some, some violations. Wait, if you're cheating in swimming, what kind of program are you? Right? Well, you know, some some program, that might be a that big program. That may be a big program. That's yeah. what I'm saying. Like, you you're cheating with, in swimming? you got to compete with Stanford out there. You gotta, Did you see that you San Jose State swimmer, by the way? You Do yourself ahead. a Google search of her. you got to go ahead and cheat to, to, to do that. Yeah. But um, now, the only difference could be, apparently this panel was impressed that Arizona self-imposed a tournament ban on themselves. Okay, great. Which Kansas did not. Just went went and won, won, won a national title right. instead. That maybe factors against them. But if they get Kansas, this is they'll be the only school they've gotten. Except this, Oklahoma State, who got gotten in something similar not to this really. as well. They missed a whole tournament, didn't they? Yeah, said that, yeah. 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 They put themselves on probation, right? Yeah. Yeah, why now, do that? But Kansas self-imposed some things. Will it be enough to to impress them? It certainly seems like probably. Yeah, based on what we've seen already, like all Rick this Pitino was just Louisville a bunch of nothing. screaming to clouds. Yeah, it seems like it. Well, I wonder how much of it would have been screaming at clouds, Josh, if the NIL deals didn't change and all of a sudden it was the wild, wild west out here where everybody's just going out and cutting deals and you know making deals and telling schools you're going to pay me or I'm not coming there. I, I wonder how much of that has affected the way that they're viewing things because I would think that does factor in. Even though this stuff took place before, allegedly, maybe, uh, this, uh, this NIL stuff happened, um, I, I think now with the NIL in place, how are you going to punish folks for doing something that is now legal in college sports. You can say, yes, it wasn't legal back then, and I understand that, but we're expunging marijuana charges like it's nobody's business now because the rules have changed. As Missouri football coach uh, Eli Drinkwitz pointed out, uh, Kansas had five level one violations. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Arizona had been charged with five level one violations. They have. Okay, yeah. Yeah. Is he at their games with a sign too? I don't know. I don't know. So you could say maybe Sean Miller got his lost his job, maybe. And maybe some of these assistant coaches. Arizona yeah. might have stuck with him, though. I mean, they it, may have. Who knows? Yeah. I don't know. So you come at the king, you best not miss. They're, they've all missed. Yeah, it's like big time. stupid. It was like a total waste of time. Yeah. Waste of time and money and effort Well, to, to crack down on nothing. I also think, too, and I know the feds are involved in this, but I think a lot of this, too, is with the NCAA holding on for dear life, knowing they're about ready to close the doors in Indianapolis because they're not a relevant organization anymore. They're really not governing anything. I mean, essentially, they're a party planning committee for a tournament now in March. I mean, that, that's essentially it. They get the Evites out, you know, and they, they tell you where you're going to go and what kind of food you're going to eat. But other than being a party planning committee with, with access to, you know, Evites, that's all the NCAA really does right now. What what else do they do? They have no say over football whatsoever. Are you going to tell me they're governing, you know, equestrian and swimming? Fine. Maybe they're doing something there. I doubt it. But I think there's a lot of people in Indianapolis that are driving nice cars and living in mansions, making good salaries that are looking at it and going, time's running out on this ruse, right? Time's running out on this scandal. We got to find a way to keep this thing alive. And so I think the reason, in my opinion anyway, that this thing has been pushed out so far are people in Indianapolis trying to hold on to million dollar a year jobs that they know are going to be gone because they're irrelevant now. I mean, I, I, I can hire the best party planning committee in Kansas City and put together a tournament. It's not that hard. A great one, too. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it'd be just fine. You get would you know bunch, the difference. Get you a bunch of venues. Yeah. People will be lining up people to be able to host up. those things. Absolutely. It'd yeah. be great. It'd be, it'd be fantastic. So you don't even need the NCAA anymore. I just, I just don't know truly what purpose anymore they truly serve when it comes to the student athlete because, quite frankly, they're a dead dinosaur. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts.
We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.